Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 325, recorded live on Sunday, September 15th, 2013. And here are your hosts, the man who has technology issues that follow him like a ghost, Dave Pillay. Hi. The man whose technology is still working fine all these years down the road, Andy Lowe. Hi. And the man who decided to join us because we're on Mumble this week, Brendan Lapsley. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Nick. Uh, yeah, I don't know why Skype is not cooperating. That's right. I don't even have Skype, I think. That's why I was like, wait, we're on Mumble. Wait, Brendan's up. Hmm. Oh, did you? I thought he just signed on in happenstance. You actually messaged him. Yeah, he saw me playing Defense Grid and was like, hey, come join us. Oh, well, that's less spontaneous. I don't know. He messaged me like five minutes ago. Yeah, it's pretty spontaneous. Yeah, but I thought that like Brendan just jumped on Mumble to see if anyone was on Mumble. I'm less likely to do that than Brian is. Yeah, I haven't ever done. Just randomly jumped on something just to see if there were people there. IRC. Oh, I always know there are people there. That's not really a maybe there are. It's a there are no maybes about it. No, not at all. So, Dave, do you think it's your computer? Do you think it's Skype? What do you think? I think it's my Razer surround sound plugin that might be screwing with my audio settings and confusing Skype. But you don't have surround sound. It's for headsets. It takes the surround sound input and converts it to a stereo output, but in such a way that it's still your brain still compiles it as surround sound. Oh, so we're talking psycho audio sort of plugins. Yeah. Have you experienced that, Andy? Have you have you done that sort of stuff yet? Taking five point one, dropping it down to a stereo and making it uh oh shoot, was psycho oral? Yep. No. I know how to do it. I just have never done it. It's really, really impressive. There's actually a, a few uh, psycho-oral demos on YouTube. So you just put on a headset and plug it in, and it sounds so weird. Is that the kind of stuff where you have the headsets where it sounds like you're really walking around and whatnot? Yeah, pretty much. The idea is that they have two microphones that are as far apart as your ears would be. So sound got- hits one just, you know milliseconds, instants before it hits the other, but it's enough that your brain will be able to figure that out and position the sound. It's how your brain actually positions sound. Right. I got to try out one of those when I was working at Toyota. That shit was crazy. So shit be crazy. Yeah, so this plugin just takes it, and it takes a, a 5.1 or even a 7.1 and computes where it would go. There was... um. Uh, Dick D. Bartolo, the guy who does the Gizwiz podcast, mm-hmm. um, he's always was into technology. So he always went to like CES and the sort of things. And remember, he was talking about how, uh, Bose, the the stereo maker, yeah, how they were doing a, a test like that, where they were showing like, oh yeah, this is our new surround system, and they had like the little square set up, and he was in the middle, and they had speakers in front of him and speakers behind. Well, the the test demo person was like showing him them. Like, they would ask him, like, okay, where is this sound coming from? And the person would stand in the middle and point to which of the speakers. Well, one time he pointed to the back speaker, so the person went 
back there and turned the speaker around, and it was an empty box. That's kind of cool. That's nice. So the amount of stuff that people can do now with this psycho-oral phase shifting and all this, it's crazy. But we don't actually have that on the list of topics. No. But you had asked why my Skype wasn't working, and I think it's that plugin is kind of screwing around with my audio settings, and it's confusing Skype. True. I did lead us down this rabbit hole. That's right. You can transition to a topic very easily from here. We actually can. Oh, my God. You are so right. You can always. Okay, whatever. No, No, this one's not even a stretch. No, this one isn't a stretch. This is Ray Dolby from, you know, Dolby Audio. Yeah. So this isn't a stretch at all. This is some of the stuff that he worked on during his lifetime, which unfortunately came to an end on Thursday. Well, the work didn't come to an end, but Ray Dolby did. Yeah. I don't know much about Ray Dolby or Dolby as a company. Like, I, you know, I, I try to find out a little bit about companies and whether or not they are, quote unquote, good companies or if they do, like, really shady stuff. I don't know, but their name is, like, everywhere. Right. Every, I mean, Dolby Digital. These are the guys who developed surround sound. Let's just put it this way. The theater that hosts the Oscars is now named the Dolby Theater. Wow. So that shows how much weight his name carries in the movie and television and audio business. Well, at least everyone knows he'll be remembered. Oh, yeah. Will he, though? People are going to see the name, and some people are going to think, hey, where did that name come from? And they will look it up. I suppose. I wonder if Dolby Laboratories has done anything recently. Let me look at their Wikipedia page. Oh, it looks like they've been working with AAC stuff. So yeah, heck, even um, Apple's codecs were developed by Dolby. So yeah, there we go. AAC is the default standard audio format for YouTube, iPhone, iPod, iPads, Nintendo DSi, DivX, and the PlayStation 3. So his name should still be, you know, around. Yep. So yeah, I just wanted to make sure everybody noticed that he was out there because that's a big name that kind of just passed It's on. one of those names you see around and most people tend not to think, oh, who is this guy? What did he do? Well, when they probably you know, should. Is knowing is half the battle. Gee, uh, wait, what? What is the other half of the battle? Didn't we talk about this? Oh, we probably did at some point. Like two or three weeks ago? You know I can't remember these things. Yeah, it's actually very true. So speaking of movie theaters, Disney is doing a limited run of The Little Mermaid. The yeah. kick is that they're inviting you to bring your iPad with the, you to the movie theater. Why does this seem like a problem to me? Because it's a bad idea. I mean, it's not really a bad idea. It's Disney is going to be trying something new because they need to start driving innovation again because otherwise they are not going to go very far at this point i think it's an interesting idea but if if the public is not aware of it in the way that they should be there's going to be some annoyed people why does everyone have their ipad out i just wanted to see the little mermaid i can also see like movie theater employees not being aware of it and then being like no 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 no, they will be aware of it I'm just wondering how they're going to stop people from, like, recording the movie with their iPads. It's The Little Mermaid. Why would anyone need to record it at this point? Because I 
Uh, you don't want to buy the DVD? Yeah, I don't think the iPad recorded, oh, God, shaky cam. Oh. Is that a pet peeve of yours, Andy, shaky cam? Yes, shaky cam is a pet peeve of mine. I have to remember that. It's why I I loved the Bourne Identity series, but those last two movies, oh. I only saw the first one. Yeah, and I loved the first one, and the second one and the third one were okay, but mm, I know the director wanted to add realism, so that's why he had the handheld cameras for most of the shots, and also most of the shots, you know, were under two seconds long. That's always How fun. can you see anything or process anything like that? I can generally do it, but I watch a lot of, like, Twitch videos, specifically AMVs, but I recognize most people probably can't. Oh, this is kind of interesting. There's actually a uh, long, there's actually an article about average shot length that was posted, you know, last month. How long was the average shot? Well, hold on. There's actually a database about this. See, if you're going for realism, it seems to me like average shot should be the length of the movie. It's probably been done. There's actually been one movie that's had uh It was Russian just one continuous movie. take. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really hard to do. I feel so bad for that director. I mean you're it it's no longer a movie at that point, it's a play and it's from one point of view. Really? Pulp fiction's average shot length was seven hundred and eighty eight seconds. Eleven wow. minutes. That's what it looks like. Well, uh fourteen minutes. I mean, I can see that, but you don't really think about it that much. So, I see, you go from Pulp Fiction, you watch that, and then you switch over to The Bourne Supremacy. Oh my gosh, it would probably be night and day. I haven't watched Pulp Fiction. Seriously, Dave? Well, I'll admit, I didn't see it until college, but still. I haven't seen it. Alright, The Bourne Legacy, uh, 1.3 seconds per shot. On average? On average. For the entire movie? The entire movie, yeah. So, with the shots that are like five minutes long, because there's got to be shots that are five minutes long. I'm trying to see what's the longest shot. See, but that's that's not actually really fair to say the average in that case, if you think about it, right? Let's say I have two movies, not two movies, I have one movie where I've got one shot that is half the movie, and for... for simplicity's sake it's a 10 minute movie so i have one five minute shot and all the other shots are one second long that sounds like a horrible movie all right here we go how about the number of shots in the movie is 591 and the maximum length of shot is nine seconds there's no shot longer than nine seconds none that i'm not watching this movie (laughs) I might watch it at some point. It just sounds like it might hurt my brain. And I love how there's literally a database for this information now that people have actually gone, you know, with clickers. Stopwatches. I mean, my brother at one point did a stopwatch to see how many minutes of dialogue there were in 2001. There are programs where you can put in, um, like, little flags every time it switches, and it'll give you all those numbers. Which, by the way, if you type into Google how many minutes of dialogue in, 2001 pops up as the suggested search. Interesting. I feel like I should post this database on the links. Go for it. Okay, it's on the links now. Okay. So we can uh, switch to television. 
TV. So yeah, I remember how we all talked about how that G4, you know, was going to be switched to this Esquire channel and that G4 would no longer be in existence. Yeah. The Not style, the right? Was was or was just Esquire? Yeah, G4 was going to be turned into Esquire, so they stopped Attack of the Show and they stopped X-Play and all the other actual shows on G4. But um she's going to not do it anymore. She? The NBC Universal Cable Entertainment Group chairman, Bonnie Hammer. Ah, and what's Bonnie doing instead? She is actually going to keep the G4 channel and um, turn uh, the Style Network into Esquire instead. Style Network is for women. Yes, you Esquire are is for men. Very correct. Why like, am I glad I don't watch this anyways because i'm all confused but how does that how is that going to work andy well they're saying that there are too many female skewing networks in the nbc universal lineup right now so they're going to take style which is a female network and convert it into esquire which is a male network yes isn't that the same thing as just removing style and creating esquire yes but you still have to, you know, remove something that you already have because you can't add another channel. Well, you technically could, but it'd be very costly to add another channel. Is this a broadcast channel? No, it's a cable channel. Then really, does it cost that much to add? Well, you'd have to uh, add a new contract with all of the providers, which since they are NBC Universal, yeah, it's, it's Comcast, so they don't they are about Comcast, Comcast. So, like, it doesn't actually cost them a dime, does it? Well, if you're going to talk to, you know, uh, Dish, Direct Time TV, Warner, Time Warner, Cox, those things, then it will actually cost a lot of money. Okay, so they're just removing one and adding another. Yeah, yeah, they just they're just rebranding, which is going to cost them a chunk of money, but it's more just making sure everyone's aware they still get to keep a lot of what's already in place. Right, but the point in this one, I think, is that they're not going to keep anything in place. Well, well, I mean, the station number, just the station a lot number, of the, but uh, the audience is is switching. Well, yeah, the audience is switching, but terms in terms of logistics, a lot of the stuff is already in place. True. I just don't know what they're going to do now, though, because um, what's G four going to do now? Because they don't have any shows anymore. Do people even watch G four anymore? I was watching Maybe. It for American Ninja Warrior a bit. Yeah, I still haven't seen that show. Think of it like um, Ninja Warrior, but held in L.A. Interesting. I With think part an of it is I don't host. even have G4. So yeah, that's uh, G4, still alive. Style Network Woo. now dead, and now switching over to S. It's so confusing. Not worth looking at. I, well, I'm sure they'll figure out something to do with G4, even if it's just reruns. Oh, it's probably just going to be reruns. So what's this PlayStation Vita TV thing? Uh, I don't know. Didn't you post that? Yes, but I thought, you know, we're on top of these things. Not all the time. I, I This was released at a Sony press conference just this past uh, week, and I didn't really pay any attention to it because it was mostly information about the PS4 and Microsoft bashing and, oh, the PS4 is going to be so amazing. And so I... Have, I kind of ignored the whole thing because I'm staying out of the next-gen battle for now. So tell me about this PlayStation Vita TV. 
Well, the Vita TV will be able to play Vita games and PSP games on your TV via an HDMI out and using a DualShock 3 controller. Does this honestly surprise you? I mean, PlayStation's been moving towards all the, like, various integration between handheld and TV anyways. Right. So you can play your PS4 games on your Vita, but you need the Vita TV to play your Vita games basically on your PlayStation 4 without your PlayStation 4. I think you're right. That it you you can go from the TV to the Vita with the PlayStation 4. To go from the Vita to the TV, you just need the Vita TV. Yes. But you still need to have a PlayStation Vita. It's not like this can play the games. Yeah, it looks like it's more just some kind of receiver. Main slots and connectors. There's a memory card slot, a USB connector, HDMI output, internet connector, and a PlayStation Vita card slot. Oh, so it's a Vita you plug into your TV. Yes. Huh. Is there a price point on this? Well, it's there are in several Japan price, only. price points. Ah, there it is. So, the, the point of buying a Vita is that it's a mobile device. In a way, this is mobile. Most TVs have HDMIs nowadays. But that that's mobile in the sense of, like, I'm going to go to my friend's house or I'm going to go to a hotel, not I'm going to sit on the bus. Well, it depends on what people intend to use it for, because of how much does a regular Vita cost right now? $200? All right, now tack Didn't on... did they just an, drop the price? They might have, but, I mean, you tack on another, like, 30 to 40 for whatever connector you need to plug it into your TV. A lot of people really do prefer to play any game they can on the big screen. True. I would rather play, you know, on the big screen rather than on the handheld. Right. I mean, personally, I would get a regular Vita, so I would have the option of either the handheld or the TV. But some people who do almost all of their gaming at home anyways... They want to be able to play the Vita exclusives, but they'd prefer to have it on the TV. This seems like a good solution for them. And honestly, since they have all the technology anyways, I imagine it probably doesn't cost Sony a ton of money to make this. No. So people will buy it. It's just probably not going to sell a ton. I also love the fact that you can use it to wirelessly stream your PS4 games to another television if your main television is in use. Well, that's well, stuff because they already the Vita have can, Vita. Right? Because this is, this is basically a Vita without the screen. That's what it this is. It really is. So anything you can do with the PlayStation 4 to the Vita, you could do with this. Hmm. Wait, this thing does not come with a controller? You need to have a... DualShock 3? You can, buy it, you can buy it without the controller if you already have a controller. You know, if you already have a PS4. Oh, I see it. PS3. Or you, or, yeah, PS3. Or you could buy it with the controller and an 8-gigabyte memory card. Which anyone who has tried, you know, the PSP or the Vita need a memory card anyways. And isn't, uh, aren't these memory cards uh, proprietary? Yes, yeah. it's Sony, so everything's proprietary. So... I mean, you're going to be paying almost the same price just to get the 8-gig card anyways. Yeah, pretty much. That's so, one of the things that annoyed me about the Sony's handheld. So this is clearly, like, moving in on the micro-console territory. Agreed? Oh, yeah. 
Definitely. Oh, yeah. Taking on the Ouya and the upcoming GameStick release, which should be like at the end of this month, sometime in next month. Yeah, uh, the GameStick got kicked back to next month. Yep. But this is like a, a major powerhouse recognizing that there is a market there and, and starting to try to muscle in on it. Yeah, but I mean, Nintendo is living in its own little fantasy world, and Microsoft has pretty much never looked at handhelds, so they've never really looked at that smaller market anyways. All right, so here's the question for you. Sony makes TVs. Yes, Sony brought Do you think Sony would actually make a TV with the PS Vita TV built in? I can see it happening. But they are very different departments, and I imagine the logistics within Sony would be a nightmare. They wouldn't gain anything from it. Right. Because the whole thing is they would probably keep it to just, like, one model, and people would be like, well, it's a nice thing to have, but maybe there's other parts of that model they don't want. And then it's not going to sell well, and Sony's going to read that as, oh, this did not go well. Yeah, or I will just buy the Vita TV, and then I don't need to have it tied to a single TV. That's true. True, you're right. Never mind then. It was a crazy idea that I had. In that. Yeah, no, I'm. It, so if Sony were to instead say, like, hey, we're going to include this in all TVs... Like, this is just going to be a standard feature. If you buy a Sony TV, it will come with this Vita TV. That would actually be kind of cool. They could raise the price. Sony TVs would be more expensive, but then they'd have the thing of, like, look, if you buy a Sony TV, you're getting a game console for free. And then, you know, you can just easily just automatically go for the PS4 because, hey, look, it's compatible with this gaming console that's in my television. Yep. If you have two Sony TVs in the house, hell, you, you don't need to worry about which one the console's plugged into. Hmm. It's an interesting idea, but it's going to be a while before they start moving in that direction. Oh, I they, think. they'll never move in that direction. They, they wouldn't do it. Why do that when you can just sell it modular like this? Because if they put it in the TVs, they could probably jack up the price by 200 bucks instead of selling it for 140 But as I said, I think there's probably a fairly large disconnect within Sony between the gaming department and the TV department. Yep. Oh, yeah. So where do we want to go to next? Well, we're already in video games, and I see at least a few more in here. Okay, let's talk about Steam. Steam! This seems interesting, and I'm very curious how it's going to work. Andy and I made a joke several episodes ago about... Things that Valve could potentially do to revolutionize the market. One of those things was letting people either return or resell games, and Origin is now starting to do that with first-party products. The other was sharing, lending games. Which is what Steam is now looking to do. And now Steam is starting to talk about doing that, and they have a, a program called the Steam Family Share Plan, which clearly Valve already understands is not actually for the family. Oh, yeah. They said you could share it up to 10 different machines. 10 different machines. What family has 10 computers in the household? 
Yeah, that's when, you know, you have five siblings and they've all already married and have kids. That or you're the Duggars, one of the two. So the 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 takeaways of this is that you're going to be able to authorize other computers. It's is it devices or users? I, I saw kind of both. I saw both and that's one of the things that I couldn't get a clear answer on. So you're going to be able to authorize either other computers or other people or a combination thereof to grant them access to your Steam library. Now, the way there's, there's some debate, and Valve hasn't come out to clear this up, but the way it's looking is that it will be an all-or-nothing deal. You grant them access to their library, and if they are in your library, if they are using your library and you want to use your library, it won't lock you out. It kicks them out. It kicks them out. Regardless of which game they are playing, regardless of what they're doing, if I want to play uh, Super Hexagon, and Brendan is using my library to play uh, Dark Forces, then it kicks Brendan out. But one of the things that I saw was that... um, there is like a five minute warning where they're like, all right, either save and quit or buy the game. In which case it'll let you continue playing. Yeah. But I mean, that just seems silly. And the other thing that at least I understood from what I read was that it's not when you want to play a game, it kicks me out. It's when you log into steam, it kicks me out. Oh, for the low. So I can't even get on to chat. I believe that's the case. Now, I'm not 100% sure on that, but yeah. Now, it says uh, if you decide to start playing when a friend is already playing one of your games, he or she will be given a few minutes to either purchase the game or quit. Oh, see, because one of the things I saw, I can't remember exactly where, was you could sign in and play a friend's game if they're not in Steam. God, everybody's in Steam all the time. Yeah, so I'm hoping it's if they're not playing anything. Yeah, because otherwise I'm going to be like, hey, Andy, I want to play this game that's yours. Can you sign out of Steam? But Andy is not near his computer. At all. Right. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. Honestly, so, I'm not seeing a ton of use out of this other than, like, <clears throat> I know I'll probably use this with my wife because there are times when she's kind of looking at some of the games that I play and is like, well, I don't know if I want it or not. I'd rather try it first. Yeah, but can't you guys just share passwords and achieve the same thing? We could, but trying to figure out or trying to get her passwords is a bit of a pain sometimes. And yeah. Yeah, there are times where I don't even remember what my password is on Steam because I haven't had to use it in a long time. The one use I really see for this, and it kind of scares me, but it's also kind of cool, is renting games. So wait, would I pay you then to have access to your library? I go and make five users, and I go and buy a shit ton of games for those five users. Now, I've spent a lot of money on those five users. But then I go and say, for $5, you have access to that library for a day. People will do it. Whatever games you want to play, you have access to for 5 I could see it. At the end of those 24 hours, I go in, change the password, next person, $5. 
you wouldn't even need to change the password. You would just have to disable allowing on that account. Yep. Yeah, I can see people doing that. Honestly, I'm getting in here solely for the intent of I want to try games before I buy them. So I can already say right now I'm going to request access from Bry. Dave, I'm probably going to request access from you. And it's just going to be I'm going to try out games bef- like that I'm looking at maybe buying. Oh, a borrower will also have access to the lender's DLC. Yep. So now I can see that where somebody's like, oh, I want to try this game, but I don't have all the DLC. Hey, this person has everything for this game. Let me borrow it from them. I wonder how viable a business model that is for renting out the games. I don't know. Now, is this going to actually impact achievements and trading cards at all? The um, I expect the, you, the borrower will be able to get achievements, but not trading cards. That would be my guess. Yeah, that's what I would guess too, but I haven't seen anything definitive either way on either of those topics. Hold on, it's in the FAQ. I just accidentally closed it, though. Oh, it's right at the top. Uh, family members to play one another's games while earning their own Steam achievements and saving their own game progress. So that is one of the things that um, you know is kind of a pain in the ass trying to share a Steam account uh, is the progress and achievements. So now I just got to figure out which games I don't have that have badges and trading cards and borrow them. No, from it doesn't else. say trading cards, though, Andy. It says achievements, like the same. Oh. So you can get achievements, but it I kind of doubt you can get the trading cards. So what do you think? I mean, success, failure? I want to see this in use for a week. I want Valve to do the right thing and make it per game. I could see that. Um, I imagine that's probably a lot more work involved than this, but we'll have to see. Because if you're, if someone is in your account and another friend of yours goes and tries to get in, will it not let them? I expect so. It'll be. I think it says like this account is in use right now. Oh, okay. It would be the same thing of if I were in mine and you wanted to get into mine, it would be like, nope, you can't. He's in it right now. Yeah, I was more thinking, you know, what if Andy's in yours and then I want to get into yours? At that point, I imagine it's probably just first come, first serve. Yeah. Oh, you could be a dick then. <laughs> Just get on someone's account and not get off? Yeah, everybody wants to use your account. You're in a two-week vacation somewhere, so you're nowhere near Steam. So I just log in and just sit there. That would be a dick move. Yeah, it would. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. That what goes live in the next few days for the first thousand users or so? Yep. If you would like to get into this, Steam has a very interesting beta process. You have to join the group on Steam. There is a link in the article that we posted. I joined the group four hours after it went live, and I was number like 65,000. Jeez! Yeah, but they said it's going to be randomly selected from the group, didn't they? No, first come, first serve. Oh, shit. Well, you've got a bit of weight. (laughs) Son of a bitch, I'm like member number 185,000, almost 186,000. What am I? You can actually see your number in here? I'm looking, I'm looking. Well, no, I just joined, and the membership number is 185,992 oh, at the I moment. See. Yeah, see, I just looked when I joined, and it said, like, 65,000. Dave, you were in there before me, so you're less than that. Okay. 
the only reason I found out about this was because the Steam friend activity thing said Dave joined the family sharing. Oh, son of a bitch. I could have gotten in right when they released the press release. Good job. It's one of the joys of being on the Valve press release list. So another video game topic. Duke Nukem Forever had a lawsuit going on. Forever. See what I did there? Yeah, I see what you did there. So 3D Realms had sued Gearbox, saying that they owed 3D Realms $2 million in unpaid royalties. Gearbox said, fuck you, no we don't. Basically, yeah. But it doesn't really matter because on September 11th, 3D Realms announced that they had dropped the suit. I smell a settlement. Probably. The other thing is, isn't Gearbox like one of the most loved game companies around right now? Yeah, pretty much. Because everybody loves Borderlands. Well, I mean, I've seen some other stuff about them um, buying up IPs and essentially handing them out to the people who would treat them right to develop. So they're really trying to cater to the fans. Not e- not even just with Borderlands. Oh, it seems there actually wasn't a settlement because they the uh, 3D Realms CEO in his apology stated that uh, after reviewing evidence regarding our business affairs and without any money exchanging hands, we have satisfactorily resolved any and all differences that we have perceived against Gearbox. So that's the legalese way of saying our bad? Pretty much. Either that or there was some kind of deal made for a future game. That sounds more like it. Or not even a deal made, but Gearbox wants to, or 3D Realms wants to approach Gearbox about something. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this would be one of the easiest ways for them to get in there. Or not even Gearbox, because if I'm another developer and I'm looking at 3D Realms and 3D Realms comes to me and says, hey, can you make this game? And I look over at Gearbox and be like, ah, no. Like, make a game for you and get dragged into a two-year-long legal battle? Hmm, No. So pretty much any scenario we can think of involves 3D Realms saving face. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we should probably jump out of games because we ran out of topics. I don't know, the Microsoft one. Oh, yeah, that's got a gaming edge to it. So Apple's got Siri, right? Yes. Google has Google Now. Yes. It seems Microsoft doesn't want to be left in the dust. So they are working on their own version, and they want to call it Cortana. Now, this Wait, is the Cort- Halo AI, right? Yeah. Okay. Like, that's the, the really awesome AI in Halo. Yes. So the questions become, are you that much of a Halo fan that you're going to buy a Windows phone just so you can get Cortana? People will do it. Does Halo, or not does Halo, does Microsoft own Cortana as an IP? Or did they have to license that name from Bungie? I'm not sure, because I thought, didn't Microsoft bought Bungie, right? But then Bungie left? Yeah, sort of. It was, it's messy. It's really, really messy. Just like a Facebook relationship status, it's complicated. Yeah. But the, the gist of it is, I think Microsoft owns all the Halo IP now. They don't own Bungie anymore. Bungie left, because now Bungie is doing Destiny. But I think Microsoft still owns all of the Halo IP. I'm waiting until we see a phone with GLaDOS. I still probably won't buy it, but I'd like to see it. I mean, I'd pay for the Google Now voice to be GLaDOS, wouldn't you? 
Probably. I don't know if I'd want my phone to vaguely insult me every time it speaks. It wouldn't actually insult you. Really? But that's the charm of Gladys, is that it she's pokes you all the time. I thought I read somewhere that uh, Pacific Rim, by the way, I did not see that movie, actually yes. had the GLaDOS movie, but she wasn't really insulting. Well, it was the same voice actress. Right. So it was kind of a thinly veiled, uh, you know, inclusion thing, but she wasn't all insulting. It was just a normal AI voice. Yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't have the same panache. The same bite. Yeah, but it has to be done right with her if you're even going to attempt it, um, because a lot of people attacked uh, Poker Night 2 because um, it wasn't like thinly veiled. It was just a lot more blatant and people did not appreciate it. So it's kind of a fine line just kind of saying, hey, Valve knows how to write or other people don't. Wasn't Google Now supposed to have, um, shoot, Gene Roddenberry's wife's voice? Oh, crap. What was her name? Starts with an M. I know it starts with an M. I can't remember what it is. That was the the code name for the project. Module. There we go. Now, would you want her voice for Google now? Man, I don't know. That would be pretty cool. God, there's so many good AI voices out there. I'm guessing, Dave, that you probably would not want Hal. I mean, no, no, I'm, I'd have to skip on that one. It would be perfect. There are already just... too many jokes about that. Yeah, if I had an AI voice for my phone, I'm not sure who I would pick. I think I'd have to take Gladys over the Star Trek computer. I would take Gladys, if not something along the lines of, like, Morgan Freeman or Keith David. There's also the uh, oh, well, the EVA from Command & Conquer. I've never played any of the Command & Conquer games. Even the Red Alert ones? Well, the Red Alert ones, yes. Yeah, it's, the same? It, I'm pretty sure it's the same voice actress. Oh, okay. Kate says that she wants Patrick Stewart on her phone. Be interesting. You have a meaty. Sean Connery. Also be a good fo- uh, phone voice actor. Now I just feel like we're just going down the list of everybody that's almost been invited to go on TomTom's GPSs. Laura says Alan Rickman. Yeah, but which Alan Rickman? Dude does a lot of different styles. Uh, the, the kind of classic Alan Rickman. The Marvin... Robot slash Professor Snape. Okay. Slash guy from Galaxy Quest. You have missed your meeting. How disappointing. That was a horrible Alan Rickman, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it was. I swear, I think my ear for doing other voices has been completely shot. I never developed it, so I don't even try. Andy should probably stop trying. Yeah, I'm going to pretty just, I'm just going to stop. Just stop. So Twitter is thinking about doing an IPO. Are they profitable? That is an excellent question. Do they do any kind of ads or anything? They do a lot of ads. Then they're they probably profitable. They also sell a lot of data to ads. Then, yes, yeah, they're profitable. They also just bought a mobile uh, publishing advertising website for $100 million. Oh, Goldman Sachs is going to lead the IPO. Oh, good. So I suppose it's time for our normal IPO disclaimer. You're not going to make a lot of money on this. No, no, you're not. Other people who already have lots of money and ins will make a lot of money on this. And this is why I avoid the stock market. You shouldn't avoid the stock market entirely. 
You just shouldn't be like, oh, it's an IPO. I'll get in on the ground floor and make shit tons of money. True. So speaking of lots of money, should we talk about Apple's new iPhone? Oh, please. Why? Did you actually see that they actually started losing money in the stock market after the announcement? Yes. Really? I was so amused. Apple's stock dropped after their announcement of a new phone. Is this the first time that's happened? Uh, it's the first time since they revealed the iPhone, probably from before that. At least that I'm aware of. Yeah, normally the iPhone announcements are kind of a bump on their stock market price, but this one was actually a drop. Because there was nothing innovative except a fingerprint scanner. Ooh, fingerprint. Wait, is it fingerprint or biometrics? Fingerprint. Isn't that asking for trouble? Yes. I mean, your fingerprint is a biometric. Mm, it's close, but I don't think it's quite the same thing. I know fingerprints are less reliable and prone to change. Oh, God. There was, when I was working for the census, doing the field work, we had these little handheld computers. They were done by Harris, which, well, I won't even go into that one. But they had, in order to lock them, they had a little, like, fingerprint scanner thing, biometric sort of things. They caused so many problems. It was, oh... There's a reason why when we actually went to the full swing of having everybody out there doing the massive stuff that we didn't use the computers because they were just causing so many problems. Yeah, I do not trust fingerprint scanners, but I do trust a lot of the biometric scanners. The fingerprint things, if you got it wrong, would lock you out for a half hour. One wrong, one wrong swipe and you were locked out for a half hour. While you were trying to do the census? Yes. Ouch. Which, at that point, I'm sitting there going, well, I'm still working, so I'm just going to sit here for a half hour. Oh, you were paid hourly? Yes, I was paid hourly. Oh, the government probably didn't like that then. Well, the fact is also that um, the time clocks were on the device. If you couldn't actually log in, you couldn't clock yourself in or out. Oh, that's brilliant. So they were having issues because we weren't allowed to work over 40 hours without having prior approval but you couldn't log out because the fingerprint scanner yeah it was a it was just a big mess and i'm kind of glad that they didn't use the computers for the main swing yeah because then i also got to drive around every day and pick up everybody's pay slips and get paid 55 cents a mile while averaging about 300 miles a day so is there any idea on what the twitter ipo is going to be priced at not really. They just filed the preliminary paperwork, but nothing beyond that. Why do they need to... I mean, the only reason to do the IPO is to to raise money. It's a company. They want money. Yeah, but by doing an IPO, you go public and you actually lose control of the company. It, as As individuals who own a company, an IPO makes sense because you're going to make a fuck ton of money. As a company, an IPO only makes sense if you actually need to raise funding for something. I see. Twitter has not had an issue for raising money. Twitter already has raised a total of $1.16 billion worth of funding. Right. So why are they doing an IPO other than greed? I don't know. Companies do weird things. I try not to think about it too much. Because it makes your head hurt. I mean, yes, it does. 
I, I suppose Aaron can come back and tell me if I'm wrong that there may be another reason why a company would issue an IPO, why they'd go public. But there are very few advantages to being a public company. Mm-hmm. Which is actually why Michael Dell is spending so much money to take his company back to being private. Oh, yeah, that's a topic. That is a topic. Michael Dell. Wasn't he competing against two other people? Yes. Uh, is he still competing against them? No, because the shareholders cast their votes at a special meeting on Thursday. They gave the go-ahead for him and him only to buy back the company. Good for him. Interesting. So what's happening to their stock? Like, is is it going to a fixed price then? Hold on, I'm reading. Final agreement included uh, a buyback of... A thirteen cent special dividend on top of a ten cent increase in the sale price to thirteen dollars and seventy five cents a share. So he's buying back every share at thirteen dollars and seventy five cents. Okay. Which is the reason that um most of the people who voted against the deal um had bought into the company in the fifty five to sixty five dollar range. So they're gonna lose some money on this. They're losing a lot of money. Yeah, but do you expect Dell to get up to that range again? At all in the next few years? No. no. They've lost that money. They just don't want to admit it. Poor Dell. But it'll be nice they that were. it's private again. Like, we'll we'll see what happens with that. It's potentially really interesting. He they can might. either drive it into the ground, or he can save the whole damn company. And it's going to be one of the two. Because you go to any business, and I bet you 90% of their computers are Dells. We I know mine run is. all the desktops we have are Dells. Hell, at my work, when I was getting issued a laptop, I was told, go to Dell's website and pick one out. Nice! You know, technically, Alienware is part of Dell's website. Yeah, but um, I wanted to, you know, not make the uh, people in charge of financing mad at me. I suppose. I got a decent one anyways. It's not like I used it all that much. It's more for testing Windows 8 stuff for the two of us who have to worry about it. In my summer internship at WZZM, my first day was switching over their entire news division from older Dells to brand new Dells because they were switching from standard definition to high definition. So there was about 60 of the top-end Dell business desktops and laptops. Oh, that was a long day. Poor Andy. It's my first day there. They're like, okay, let's get you to work. And I'm just like, what do we, I don't even know where the bathroom is. Too bad you're working. Yeah, they were literally, he threw me in a room. And they're like, okay, tear down all of these computers and set them on this little cart here. Oh yeah, these are the people you're working with. And we're shaking hands while I'm sitting there underneath the desk, pulling out the cables. I fell asleep a lot at my internship, mainly because I got pulled into meetings that I had no business being in and I didn't understand anything. Unfortunate. I did some other fun stuff though. So is there anything else you want to talk about before we hit the random topic and random review? Uh, it looks like Starbucks has made a deal with Square to accept the Square payments through the wallet. I thought you could pay for Starbucks using your phone already. Now you can do it pay using your phone in a different way. It used to be that you could basically store the Starbucks gift cards on your phone. Oh, okay. This one, you don't even need the gift cards. You can just yeah. attach a credit card to the Square wallet and then use that. Right. Yeah. And evidently, like, you just walk in and uh, you can either scan a QR code at the register or you can set it up for hands-free checkout. Say your name, and that's it. 
Hey, you knew this kind of stuff was coming eventually. Yeah, but this is terrifying shit. I'm not sure if I'm going to... Like, I like being on the cutting edge. This might be a little too sharp of an edge for me. All I know is if I ever set up something like that, I am not going hands-free. I do not trust that kind of shit. Right, that's my point. Like, this is a little extreme. Scanning a QR code with the right apps and everything, I can see that. But, like, just saying your name, that's a little too far. Yeah, there's a reason why my NFC on my phone is not turned on. Isn't the range of NFC, like, four feet, if that? It's still too far for my liking. Okay, I think you're nuts on that, actually, but okay. Anyway... Random. Oh, last thing I wanted to point out, um, speaking of the random topic and random review, um, the New York Times posted an article about the death of AM radio. This week? This week, after, you know, I pointed out that in 2020, there's probably going to be no more AM radio. Wouldn't that be amusing if they picked it up from us? Probably not, because the uh, lone Republican candidate on the FCC board of cha- chair members, basically the commission, the one Republican commissioner on the board saying he's going to make it his goal to save am radio okay i just found that interesting so random review dave it's your week go assassin's creed brotherhood which i have now completed it's so this this is the middle game in the Ezio trilogy or rather yeah in the Ezio trilogy because it's the middle of the middle uh it's think of it as assassin's creed 2.1? 2? 2.1. 2.1, you're right, because there's Assassin's Creed 2, and there's Assassin's Creed 2.1, and then Assassin's Creed 2.2, and then Assassin's Creed 3. Right. It's like an expansion pack for Assassin's Creed 2 with Rome. Interesting. The board... I... So... I, I want to preface this. Right before I started playing this game, Laura watched the TV show Borgia, and so I watched snippets of that. And it was really interesting seeing how the two of them interacted because Laura sat and watched me play Assassin's Creed. It's like, oh, yeah, no, I remember that event. Or, oh, yes, I know who that person is. And like, oh, that's probably so-and-so. I'm like, wait, who? So they did a really good job as far as the history, but we all knew that that's the case. Uh, it's an Assassin's Creed game. There's uh, There's flags. There's feathers. You can buy the Colosseum. Yeah, I always thought that was a little odd. Money is broken, as usual. And the the one thing about this game that I, I actually wanted to say, and it's pretty much the entire focus of the reason why I'm doing this review, it's short. If you just want to get through the game, if you don't go through and try and unlock stuff and do the side quests and take everything... It's a really short game. You can knock it out in probably two play sessions, maybe under five hours if you actually know where you're going. There's a lot of action games that uh, were along those lines uh, that came out a few years ago. Like, that just doesn't seem right to me. The core game should be bigger than the side quests. You didn't play Arkham Asylum, did you? No, I have not yet played Arkham Asylum. That or Arkham City. Same, well, Arkham City, they expanded a lot, but Arkham Asylum had the same kind of thing where it felt very short, and if you skipped a lot of the side stuff, you blasted through that thing pretty quickly. 
not oh, yeah. quite as quickly as you're making Brotherhood sound, but it was still a pretty quick game. Hold on, give me one second. I can tell you exactly how many hours I've put into Assassin's Creed Brotherhood using things I cannot talk about. Did you try the multiplayer at all? Is the multiplayer even still up? I didn't even check. Because Brotherhood was the first game to do the multiplayer, which was, I thought, amazing. Yeah, so I, I'm still in Assassin's Creed 1. Just skip through 1 and read the wiki article. 2 has a much better and more interactive story. Oh, yes. Okay, I'll have to do that at some point. Saying I don't have two, um, I'll probably wait till the next Steam sale and pick it up for like three bucks. I have. Uh, do I have Assassin's Creed Two? Yeah, I have the I have the on the three sixty. Just play that. I actually have Assassin's Creed Three, but uh, I know that's like the fifth game in the series. Yeah, fourth game, fifth game. Yeah, wow. The only reason I have that is because it came with the video card when I rebuilt my PC. Nice. Yeah, no, come just take Assassin's Creed 2 from me. We'll pass each other on Thanksgiving, one way or the other. Okay, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, I have spent 28 hours, 30 minutes, and 26 seconds on it. Does that include multiplayer? Probably. And did you get 100% completion? Uh, no, only 70%. Yeah, I'm significantly less than that, but I really didn't spend much time in it. I get like I have Assassin's Creed three and I'm trying to get ready for Assassin's Creed four. That's the drive behind all of this. So I'm just kind of going through the story and ignoring a lot of the side quests. Yeah, I've got such a huge backlog of those style of games right now, it's kind of ridiculous. Yep. I did have eight full fledged assassins though. Well that was the point of Brotherhood was to train all the assassins. By the end of the game, I didn't actually have to fight anyone. I just kept sending in more and more assassins. Yeah, get, yeah, get used to that, because that, uh, you can do that with all the rest of the game. Okay, good, because it made the end of the game really easy. Oh, yeah. I remember if it was Brotherhood or Revelation, so there's a point there if you get all your assassins and then you get their time bars all the way up, you can just, like, add a group, it, add a it group was Brotherhood. Arrowstorm. Oh, yes, the Arrowstorm. Like, and oh. the, everyone dies. Which makes you wonder, what are those people doing all the day? They're just literally following you around with arrows just, you know, while you sit there and find flags and feathers and everything? You pay their paychecks. So the nice thing, and this is kind of going back to an XKCD article about playing games four years after their release, it's really cheap. That's why my Steam library is so big. That and Humble Bundles. Like, I have not played the Bioshock, Mass Effect, Fallout, any of those big series, but I got a lot of them recently because it was like five bucks, get two of them, and they're fairly decent-sized games. That's right. Humble bundles for the win. Or Steam sales. Or Steam sales. Humble bundles, you get a lot of indie stuff. The uh, Steam sales is where you get, like, the mainstream from, like, three years ago stuff. All right, Dave, so the question is, would you recommend it to other people? If you can get it for 5 bucks, absolutely. If you can get it for 10 bucks, maybe if you've already played Assassin's Creed 2 and you want to look on in the series and the story. Yeah, you can buy Assassin's Creed 2 at GameStop for 10 bucks for the 360 and Assassin's Creed Brotherhood for 15 Oh, wait for it to go on sale. Or wait for Assassin's Creed 4 to come out when they'll probably drop the price down to 10 bucks. You can get Revelations for 15 as well. Yep. I'll play them eventually. I just have other gaming priorities. 
I'm going to recommend the Assassin's Creed series, but that's because I enjoy it. The story is pretty good. I mean, it's no Blizzard, StarCraft, or Warcraft, but it's pretty good. It's a pretty good and pretty convoluted story. Yep. I'm very curious to see what happens with this. That's literally like, I think the one brand new game that I'm going to buy this year is Assassin's, Assassin's Creed, Creed 4. 4. Yeah. Even after the bugginess and glitchiness of Assassin's Creed 3? You know, I didn't really actually see that much of the bugginess of Assassin's Creed 3. Well, that's good, because I'm going to be playing Assassin's Creed 3 as soon as I get through Revelations. Yeah, most of the bugginess, you just had to wait for the day one and the week one patches to go down. Okay. So if you, so since I'm going to play that on PC eventually, I'm probably okay? Yeah, you're pretty much okay. Random topic? Random topic. Oh my goodness. Are you loyal to a particular brand of toilet paper? If it's comfortable and doesn't scratch, I will use it. I actually do consistently use one that is like this um, kind of green, earth-friendly one that they sell at my work. So it's convenient and it makes the wife happy. So, yes. Now that makes me a question, Brendan. Does Julie just, like, call you up randomly and ask you to pick up stuff while you're at work? Actually, all the time. Um, Although, keep in mind, she works in the same plaza, so if she's working, she'll get it herself. But if, you know, I'm at work and she has a day off, she will email me, like, a little list of, like, four or five things to pick up. Kate told me that if I was working where you would work, uh, she would do the same thing. Well, the other thing is the application that I manage and modify has a function where you can build a shopping list online and email it to someone. So it's just beta testing. Except it's well past beta. You should give her access to whatever test server so that you've got like a live test of any new development. Yeah, not so much. I do enough testing on my own with everyone else there. Okay. I do have to say that I am also loyal to a particular brand of toilet paper. Kate seems surprised at that, but yes, we are. So in this case, it's your choice and not hers? Yeah. And that brand is? Oh, I go with the Charmin Ultra Strong. Double rolls. And the reason is? Oh, do I really have to go into that reason? Uh, we both did. Yeah. Kind of. You're always talking about Dave taking the cheap exits. Uh, I'll just say this one there is, um, I have, I guess, digestive issues, so, um... Uh, okay, yeah, we can, we leave can it probably that. stop there. Yeah, but yes, I am very loyal to that brand of toilet paper. Okay. Kate says she's never noticed that you, she's never noticed that you always buy the same kind. But yeah, ever, ever since I've been able to buy my own toilet paper, that is what I have bought. I have tried other brands, but no. Okay. Well then... I think that's everything. I can't believe we're going to end on that. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you.